Hello and welcome to the Winging It podcast, episode three, traveling with Adam Bamford. Adam, or I may refer him to as Bambi, has traveled extensively in Europe and Southeast Asia. I'm looking forward to getting those experiences on record. Adam, welcome. How are you? Absolutely fantastic, buddy. Thanks for having me on. No worries. No worries. So a lot to discuss in the coming probably hour, maybe even a little bit more, which is more than I usually do. So people should get excited about that. Um, COVID has put a bit of a dent in our both of our travel plans, uh, individually and together. So how's it been sort of working from home or basically being at home 24-7? How's it been? Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, well, I've been, I've been busy. I've been working in a school, so it's been, uh, it's kept me fairly active. Personally, I've managed to sort of see BC because I'm based in Vancouver at the minute. So we've managed to get a camper van and go and see where we live, um, which is hard to describe. It's huge. Um, Canada is just so big, as we know. So um, we've managed to sort of break the mould in terms of trips here and there. But one place we have both visited extensively, and we're going to start with this because it's worth talking about, is the dance. Absolutely. What a place. I mean, it's got everything, hasn't it? Mountains, uh, rivers, ice, sun. It's just, just a, a cultural experience. What's your favourite part of the dance? I mean, I think mine personally... I have a lot of soft spot for this. I, I, this might be controversial. And uh, yeah. I can see people listening, probably going to be like pulling their hairs out or shouting at the, the phone. Farmland. No. I, I have a soft spot for farmland, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, yeah, the farmland is beautiful and the agriculture there is, is something to behold. But I mean, you've got to go downtown, haven't you? I mean, it's, it's the hub. It's the hub of the Dansk. It's um, missing the cafe, where the action it? is. I'm missing the trendy coffee. Annoys me. Trendy coffee, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, lacks that. A few pubs about. Unless someone can enlighten us about where we could go for a cafe, or if there is a cafe in, in downtown, I don't think there is. But um, some great high-rise buildings, though the classic um, big and tall, oh, yeah. as we like to Fantastic call it. Fantastic views. One of my favourite views is from stadium, actually, middle deck of stadium. It's just you just it's the colour, the trees in the background is beautiful. Yeah, agreed. Uh, another great view. There's actually a couple of great views there, but. Um, near sort of like promenade down towards the coast there's a little yes. normally where fire station is normally and the view out to sea is just spectacular right it's up there it's up there definitely um i think we probably covered i'd probably say every blade of grass the last year or so right after i, I don't think know so. I, I couldn't put a figure on so. how many flights there are but oh, we've made a lot of <laughs> we've made a lot of flights and the departure lounge is a lot quicker than than reality so i mean it's, it's got its perks definitely but yeah i think i think i've traveled with the dance extensively now i'm ready to i'm ready to join the real world again i think yeah moving on to the real world i agree i think the dance has, has had its time um it's, i don't want to say it's coming to an end but it's Officially comes in in March. The map is uh, Vidansk is going to get blown up apparently, so I'm devastated about that. So maybe time, maybe, maybe time. time to move on. Anyway, let's not talk about Vidansk over here at all hour. So let's go to something that's real and is a mutual interest. Um, we're going to kick off with this first, and then we'll take us all back to where we started uh, back at school, uh, give people a bit of a taster into what to come. But that place that we both want to travel to is Bhutan. Bhutan. Located in Asia, uh, arguably Southeast Asia, some say it's not, um, it's surrounded by the Himalayas and it's kind of in between India and Tibet. So what is your thinking there? Like, why do you like Bhutan? Why does it interest you? 
it's just a place that fills me with intrigue, to be honest. It's kind of like I've never been to Japan either. Japan has always intrigued me because it's just so culturally so different and it's just somewhere I'd love to travel and visit. But Bhutan is, is even more extreme. You have to have like, don't you have to have uh, special tours organised to go there? So you can't just sort of wing it and, and rock up there. But it's a place that, uh, you know, it's up in the mountains, you know, you've got a strong Buddhist culture. And I heard recently for a few years in a row, it's top of the World Happiness Index. I mean, why wouldn't you want to visit somewhere that's top of the Happiness Index? I mean, I've got some great facts for you. Uh, you're absolutely right about the tour. Um, you cannot, um, for travellers out there who are thinking about this, you cannot just wing up, wing it and uh, arrive there and there. You have to book a government approved uh, sort of visa and tour. Um, once you've booked that, then a, an agency will book the itinerary for you. And you don't really get much of a say, um, but they'll cover all the things that you do want to see. Right. It's probably around two to $250 US dollars a day. Um, and normally people go for seven to 10 days. Um, the only thing you need to pay extra for is the flight there and out. Um, there's only five, I believe, five countries you can fly to Bhutan from. Um, one of those is Nepal, India. Uh, I think China, you can do that. Um, I think Bangkok, but I'm not sure, uh, Thailand. Um, so you have to really strategize how to get to the surrounding areas to get to Bhutan. And yeah, I've got some great facts. You want to hear some facts? Um, as mentioned, uh, it's consistently at the top of the happiness uh, scale uh, in the world. And the reason is they were the first country to actually track their citizens' happiness. This wasn't based on wasn't based on money. It's just based on general stuff, lifestyle, healthcare, job was part of it, etc. So what do you think about that? Well, there's a debate there to be heard about what's more important, GDP or happiness. Exactly. Yeah. Rather measure. <laughs> yeah, and they they were the beacon of I think um after they sort of like released those stats, everyone else started tracking happiness in the, in the world. So right. um, it's quite a new thing tracking happiness, but they were the How do they do finals. it? How did they do it? How did they get up there? Up there, um, Some more facts for you. Uh, Bhutan is the first country in the world with specific constitutional obligations to protect the environment. Nice. So 60% of the nation must remain under forest cover at all times. I mean, yeah, seems like a central policy these days. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, good to hear the leaders in that too. Yeah, and um, leading on to that, it's going to work well because one third of Bhutan's population is under 14. So the median age is 22. So that's quite a young country coming Crikey. up. Up and coming. So any of those sort of policies are going to be in early doors, aren't they? Kids are going to be like, oh yeah, we should be 6% under the forest. Yeah, well educated in theory. Yeah. Uh, let's crack on uh, Thimpu. I think I pronounced it right. Timpu, Thimpu is the capital. Timpu. I'm sure you, I'm sure yeah. you know that because uh, Bambi, for everyone out there, knows every capital city in the world. Well, he did anyway, and it blew my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, does not useless single... knowledge, some might argue, but well, nah, it's it's great. It's it's quite yeah, pop quizzes. <laughs> yeah, can you match the flags? Are you good with flags? We're getting there, am I getting there? <laughs> That's the next job. All right, okay. Uh, I think but... I'm I'm more flags than uh, capital cities, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to know. I think that it gives, it's given me a more broad geographical knowledge of the world. So when you hear about something, you can instantly match it to a location, which kind of gives you, you know, it gives you more like global awareness of current affairs and things. So I think it's quite, I think it's quite neat and worth doing. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, I'd just be obsessed with an Atlas book, look at the flag, and then all the like little important information beside it. So the population, 
the Cutler Tool, uh, a DigiNode pack. Um, so I, m- I remember doing that when I was really young, like probably. Yeah, love that. Yeah, we've got ad- atlases in our class, or two seven and eight year olds, and they've they're off, they've often got their atlases out on there, and I'm sort of quizzing them oh, as we go along, just making love sure that, they're there. Love that. Love <laughs> that. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly rattle through some more before we don't want to spend all day on this. Um, Butan is in Nation of the World to ban the sale of tobacco. Mm. Um, it has the second highest unclimbed mountain in the world, Gangkar Gwensum. Really? Yeah, uh, 24,840 feet. Unclimbed because you're not allowed to, or unclimbed because it's unclimbed? I imagine it's difficult. Yeah. Um, most unclimbed mountains these days are probably not due to not allowed. You just, people can't do it physically. It's pretty tough. Right. Well, me and Titch went up Ben Nevis last year. So, you know, I'd back us. Hope. There's hope. Yeah. There is hope. There is I'll hope. Back, I'll back you on that. Uh, yeah. Introduced TV and internet only 11 years ago. Um, so it's quite new to the outside world, I guess. That's, that's why tourists can now go because they've actually opened their borders, albeit slightly. Um, so you can now visit. And the national sport of Bhutan is archery. Is it? Yeah. Uh, basketball and cricket are gaining popularity, apparently. Um, before we finish off Bhutan, to some, I don't know if you know much about what, what to see there, but the classic thing to see in Bhutan, what everyone wants to see is the Eagle's Nest, uh, sorry, the Tiger's Nest Monastery, um, right. which is officially called the Paro Takstan. And that is the, if you go on Google and type Tiger's Nest, um, you'll see a monastery on the side of a mountain built into the mountain. Have you seen that? Yes, I think yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty spectacular. Pretty it's spectacular. All it's a foresty, foresty mountain as well, isn't it? It's all in the trees. And... Yes, and apparently you can hike even further up and get a view from the top of that mountain. So that's definitely and the tour. Yeah. Um, and apparently it's linked to 12 other tiger nests, mainly, oh, in, really? Tibet, mainly in Tibet. Yeah. They're kind of like sacred Buddhist sites. So yeah, this is a great country to go and see. And then the national, I've got to finish on food because food is obviously important. National dish is emadachi, and that's uh, cheese and chili. It's like a broth with cheese. And cheese and chili. Yeah, they love that was right. That does sound good. I do love chilies and do love cheese. Oh yeah, I'm up for it. Let's go. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to book that in um, 2022. Let's do it. I'm, I'm trading my Bedanta ticket. Oh, yeah, great shout. I think the dance can yeah. take a bit of a backseat from now on. Backseat, no, back in the real world, yeah. Bang up yeah. for that. So that's Bhutan. That's our mutual interest. Um, and I think, talking about food, but before we finish, I think I had some in Darjeeling, India, some Bhutanese food, <clears throat> um, from what I recall, like very brothy, soupy stuff. Uh, I could be making that up, but I seem to recall that's pretty similar to what I had, um, which is interesting because it's all linked uh, their food is like a mix of Chinese and Tibetan and Nepalese. So try, right, yeah. to try some food. Mm. So yeah, there we go. We'll leave with that. And um, one final fact about the, the capital. It is the, I think it's the eighth highest in terms of elevation in the world. Right, okay. Um, it's about, I'd roughly say it's probably around like eight and a half thousand feet. Yeah, all right. It's up there, isn't it? Up there, but to I give you... I think, I think the top one, is it Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia? I believe is the, is the highest. Or well, is it con- the coldest? It could be the coldest, because controversial. It could be the coldest, yeah. The highest one is La Paz. Oh, La Paz, yeah, Bolivia. Uh, and I've been there, and it's, it's bloody well as tall, and it's high. Um, 
and it, Ox, what, oxygen deprivation normally. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hills. Yeah. There's not even flat ground when you get there. It's up and down hills. Right. Can't breathe that well. It takes three or four days to acclimatize. Um, the reason it's controversial right. is it's not technically the capital. I think Sucre is the capital, but yeah. So when we go there, we'll have to hopefully we'll acclimatize. Yeah. There's time to acclimatize. I hope they I hope so. that itinerary. You don't want to be like trudging all over without shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be looked after. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's uh, cracking. Yeah. And it, it's a good stats. Good stats, that, isn't it? So, the highest place I've actually been to is Potosi in Bolivia. That's about 13 and a half thousand feet, maybe some of the 14,000 feet. And that, yeah, that is tough. Um, you have to really acclimatize that. You can't even mess about with that. Salt Plains, is that Bolivia? Oh, from the west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you right, yeah. Right, the west. And then it's a trek up into the, even further up. Into the mountains to get to La Paz or Sucre or Potosi. So, yeah, we'd love to visit there one day. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> so, Bhutan, yeah, that's our little splurge about Bhutan. People get booking it. I don't think it's too easy to get to get booked, but I think it's worth looking into. And it's such a new country that you probably see some real authentic stuff there. Um, if you go like proper untouched tourism. Um, we're now going to crack on to how we know each other and the background of yours and my life in terms of how it intertwines. So we'll start with school. If I recall, school uh, talks to Andrew Norwich. I think we're the same site, right? South site? South site. Represent. Um, knew each other, but maybe not extensively at, in the first sort of like four or five years. Is that fair to fair say? Fair to say. And then sixth form hit and then... I guess that our group, as we have it now, kind of came together, right? Yeah, I think we kind of all, we all kind of bonded over football, didn't we, originally? And then we kind of just naturally just gravitated towards each other. And then uh, we ended up as a bit of a group and kind of stuck together. Yeah, did I recall that we, in football, used to do like one-twos all the time down the wing? Was it us two? Oh, yeah, yeah, one-twos. <laughs> but Titch, Titch as well. Yeah, yeah. You in the cat, you in the cat turn, buddy. Down the left, yeah. Good times, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe, um, yeah, just briefly before we crack on with travelling, yeah, your upbringing in Norwich was it um, fairly comfortable? It was, yeah, it was comfortable. I mean, we're talking about travelling, so um, I'll, uh, yeah, I was, I was fairly lucky, fortunate with parents. We went on holidays most years. We went to you know Spain, France, Brittany. We went further afield as well. We went to you know Florida when I was younger. So, so oh, Spirit wow. had a little taste of America. Um, so my first ever music concert there, Blink One Eight Two, which was very memorable. So, oh, I uh... yeah, love that. I downloaded that by Newfound Glory as well. I was in my yeah, yeah. at the time. Yeah. As a 12 year old, I was obsessed. That first album um, that they released with all the small things on it, is that the first album? Or might have been Edinburgh State, it was up there, yeah. Yeah, I downloaded it the other day because I heard the, them on a random playlist. I thought, oh, what an album that is. Um, oh, so nostalgia. I'm, yeah, recently back into it. Yeah. It's a nostalgia fest when I listen to it now. It's like, oh, there we go. It takes me back. What is it, 20 years now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting there, isn't it? Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so it's up to 18, up to an adult. You had a bit of experience kind of broad, right? So you had a bit of, should we say, culture in you? A bit point. of culture, yeah. We dabbled in the culture. <laughs> sowed the seed. <laughs> Lovely. Um, personally, I never went anywhere. Um, the only trips I went on were in the UK. I think I went as far as, from what I can remember, Lincolnshire. So it's not even that far, right? <clears throat> um, for anyone who doesn't know, Lincolnshire is probably about hour, two hour drive. Just up the coast. Yeah, yeah. I don't particularly like the place. Um, I think it's pretty boring <laughs> that place. But uh, my only trips abroad were with school. 
on the history trips. Yes. Um, I seem to recall Germany and Belgium were the two that I went on. Uh, yeah, I, I think I missed out on those and I was, I was jealous because there were some stories to tell, weren't there? <laughs> yeah, stories never time, I think. Um, <laughs> but for you, I, I thought, did, did you go to France on, those, on school trips or not? I don't think I did go to France. I went in oh, wow. uh, year 11, year 12, went skiing to Italy with, um, yeah, year 12, went with one of our friends, Aggie, uh, went along. So, so that was an, an experience. Was that a bit in of those, culture. Was that when you got a bus ride for like 25 hours there? Was, that, was it on those? Yeah, trips? it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Very entertaining bus rides. Yeah. How to teach Again, one of those. Never yeah, learned. I know. I mean, that, does, that doesn't compare to some of the bus rides we took. It was luxury compared to some of the ones in Southeast Asia, but we'll probably get to those. Oh, yeah, we'll get to those. Yeah, got a, got a few <laughs> questions about those. Um, yeah. Great. So, yeah, so we're going to crack on with Europe because I know you've done a bit of interrading in your time. Something that I've not actually done. Uh, Europe for me is a bit of a hit and miss. I've actually been to quite a few countries, but I wouldn't say... I've travelled extensively. But yeah, interrailing. So when did you go there? What, what year was that? That was 2010. So I um, finished university, uh, film and television studies at Nottingham, then did four months at Aviva. If you're from Norwich, you have to do your time at Aviva before you can go anywhere else. And then, I can't remember why, but I was just, it was fairly spontaneous. I remember, I don't think I told anyone about it. I kind of just bought this ticket. It was about just under 200 quid, 23 days interrailing around Europe. And you kind of had the freedom to travel around and to go wherever you wanted. And it was very unplanned. I think I'd planned maybe the first couple of hostels. Um, but, you know, first I was completely on my own as well. So oh, it was a right. bit of a jump into the unknown. Did you have like a planned route or just, just go somewhere first and then see what, what you think? What was your, your thinking there? Yeah, kind of, I, I had an idea of the countries I wanted to go, but then uh, I do also remember being at several train stations, think, just having a look at the board and just seeing what city sounded good. So um, I think it was pretty spontaneous from what I remember. Um, okay. So we got the got the boat, the ferry from Harwich to Rotterdam, and it all kind of started from there. Cool, that's a bit of a dream, that. You can just go, ah, uh, yeah, Turin today, or Rome, or Paris. <laughs> that's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, the one that passed me by was Vienna. I remember kept seeing Vienna, it was spelt W-I-E-N on there. On the, in Europe <laughs> right and I kept seeing it and thinking yeah I want to go there but then I ended up in either Prague or Budapest because they're all kind of a lot closer together than you imagine or I, I imagined when I was how old was I 21 22 yeah and was the interrailing was that only for EU countries is that the rule um or just I, major cities I think so I think you had to pay a little uh, surplus if you were going to travel around any other countries so I think yeah anywhere in Europe within a certain amount of countries was yeah, so it's, it's mainly just in Europe. So yeah, you could travel around some, but then pay extra for other bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I remember you needed a visa to go to Croatia at the time, um, but ev- other than that, you're kind of free to go anywhere. Oh, lovely. And how long did you go for on that trip? That was 24 days just before Christmas in December. Um, so oh wow! Yeah, to went end to, of the year. Yeah, yeah. Went to Rotterdam, then went off to Berlin, about knee deep in snow. Um, went to yeah went to went to a museum uh, there, was a, there was an exhibition on a Hitler exhibition in, <laughs> in Berlin in Berlin after after seeing Brandenburg Bay, uh, Gate I went and saw in seeing how they were responding to this because like oh I don't quite know how to take this being in Berlin the home of Hitler and wow that's a bit um very interesting isn't it Cause I, yeah that was it did you go to, in Berlin, did you go to that monument for the Jewish people? Uh, I think it must be near the Brandenburg Gate, actually, I think. It's just like blocks yes. of concrete or like different levels, different heights, and you just walk in between. Checkpoint, Checkpoint Charlie, is it? It's one of those? 
Uh, it's near there. It's a think. monument. I think, yeah, I did. But as I say, it's kind of knee deep in snow. So I was, I was only there for one day. So it's kind of just seeing as much of it as I could. So it's kind of yeah. like just a bit of a dash around. Um, yeah, and then, and then moved on to Prague after that. Oh, yeah. A bit less snowy in Prague. Had a look around there. And then Budapest kind of really kicked off. That's kind of where I met people in the hostel and thought, got the first experience of being in a hostel and meeting people. And, you know, mm. you were you were talking about Love D, is it, in Bangkok? That oh, yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah. That's on my yeah. next podcast. Uh, well, one before, actually. Um, now recording, yeah. recording this a week early. But that's my next podcast, episode two, for people to tune in for that one. But that is a... Um, yeah, week experience in one hostel in Bangkok. So yeah, I was, was going to ask like your hostel experience in Europe was that pretty uh, pretty fun? Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, that that sort of brought back loads of memories from Budapest. For example, when you just go in, there's sort of loads of people there, and you kind of all just you just get along. And we kind of met the first night. I remember just having drinks in the hostel, and then we went out exploring the next day. And someone knew about someone who knew about some caves underneath Budapest. So I went caving oh, wow. for the first time, wow. uh, which I wasn't expecting to do. Yeah, went to some. Uh, like the Hungarian baths, they have lots of baths there with you know yeah. men walking around with not much on, which was you know a bit of an eye opener, but part of the culture. <laughs> yeah, it's culture, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's culture. Yeah, I've only experienced that in Japan. I think if you ever go to Japan, um, you go to onsen, which is like a bath slash sauna area. But women and men are separated. I don't know if you were yeah. separated, but um, different change of rooms, different pools. And start naked. Everyone start naked, and it's yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, but interesting for was me, that, that was, a, was that optional then to be was that optional to be naked? Or do you you had to you had to go in. I don't really know. I, I, think, I think it's a rule. I think you have to take everything off. It's a rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember it being optional in Hungary, so that, that's that's where it differs. I think. But oh wow, well in Japan, I had a bit of a mare because my partner Emma, she went to her side, and I went to mine, and I realised that she had my towel. Now. <laughs> I can't, I can't go out into their changing room. I can maybe shout and try and hope she hears. I can't obviously go to her pools, obviously for obvious reasons. Yeah. I thought, what the hell do I do? But Classic Japan had about, must have been 100 or 150 yen. And in Japan, you can buy anything off a, oh, yeah. um, like a vending machine. And I thought, this is my only chance to get a towel. So I thought I saw one towel left, chucked in 100 yen and got like a little hand towel. And it saved me because I'd get dry. I had a decision to make. Do I do I try and like yell in front of everyone for a towel, or just try and be a bit classy about it and buy one from a vending machine? But um, just about got yeah. away. It's quite it's quite a quiet country as well, isn't it? So if you if you yell, <laughs> yeah. it's really good. Yeah, it's <laughs> really noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nightmare, but got away with it. So, so in Europe, so any budget? Did you think about um, how much you'd spend, or was it kind of blase? What you've got is what you've got into the end or great question i think i had about i think i might have had a thousand i remember i had a moment of decadence where i was kind of i'd seen quite a few cities i've been to venice and been really underwhelmed um because it's just a wet horrible day like the water is yeah. lapping over all the paths and you know i was just walking around nice coffee but mm-hmm. other than that it's pretty oh, underwhelmed yeah. um i don't know and then i went to milan and i nearly got mugged in one of the town squares so i was just Someone, I had a camera on me, a nice camera that I bought recently, and I was walking around, sort of taking pictures and stuff, and there's pigeons around. And so four guys came up to me and just, um, they basically took my camera from me and wanted and took a picture. 
Oh, wow. Of, of yeah. me and then put loads of seeds in my hands. All these pigeons had come and eat them out of my hands and then <laughs> took a picture. So I was like smiling at this point, not sure what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, right, okay, cool. And then they wouldn't give me my camera back unless I paid them 20 euros for the privilege of then taking a picture of me with some pigeons. And um, did you pay for so, that? Uh, I think I began to raise my voice because I thought it might get some attention. And then I ended up throwing 10 euros on the floor and then sort of grabbing my camera back and just walking away. Right. But yeah, a little bit, little bit stressful, but yeah, I actually yeah, so, in where the cathedral was, there's a in Milan, yeah. there's a bit of um That's where it was, yeah. Yeah, a bit of stuff going on there. And I remember them uh, those people trying to like sell stuff and I just went blank, no, like not interested. Yeah, walked yeah. On. yeah and it was the naivety, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I think we've all been there when we're young, especially like some yeah. Asia where you get beat scammed a few times, but yeah. But yeah, as I say, the, the point I was getting to was um we were I was kind of there and then I thought I can go anywhere here. So I ended up going to Switzerland to a ski resort. Oh, yeah. Sort of rented a hospital, rented some ski equipment, just went skiing for five days, I think. So oh. I must have had a bit of budget on me I, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. I managed to, <laughs> if I managed to go do that. Upper middle class travelling. It was. It, pro- it probably was. Chalets yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. There's only one of three times I've been skiing. I absolutely love it. I want to go again, but just never had the opportunity since. But okay. yeah, kind of went to, yeah, I went and saw my aunt in Spain after that and then Paris and then Belgium, got some Christmas presents then got on the ferry and went home again. So that was, that was a lot crammed into 23, 24 days. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, budget wise, it must have been, I think it might have been 800, including the interrail, maybe a thousand. Right. Okay. Just for the whole 23, 24 days. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, hostels all the way. About, they're about 20, 30 pounds at the time, I think. Yeah, that's not a lot for, uh, for Europe, though, is it? I mean, Asia will get away with it, but Europe, it's a bit of a mm. tight budget, isn't it? Looking back. Maybe. It was. I mean, I was paying for every museum going because I was like, I just <laughs> want to get as much culture as I can. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't saving at the time. I was spending more. Um, what was your favourite um, experience or tour or like a location that you saw? Uh talked about Budapest I think Budapest is most interesting I think I've been trying to work this out ever since but I can't work out it was with the company I had the experience is just heightened by who you're with or whether it was actually Budapest amazing I need to go back and I want to go back there because it was a nice city it's um two cities and divided by river right so you've got Buda and Pest that's right yeah yeah they've got the Danube going through the middle yeah yeah I haven't been there so I'm not on my hit list places to go uh yeah I'd recommend it any hiking in Europe uh there's a lot of walking Walking yeah, there's a lot of walking. I remember trying to walk from the from a hostel in Berlin, not realizing how far it was away from the city. So there's a lot of hiking through the snow in Berlin. Um, you know, hiking up and down ski slopes in Switzerland. But no, no problem. Oh, I did awkwardly. I was trying to get from Paris to Barcelona um, on a train. Missed the stop. Ended up in Marseille. Oh. Tried, it was quite late in the evening. Tried to oh, get yeah. back again and ended up being stuck in Perpignan, which is just on the border of yeah. still in France, but like on the border of Spain. Um, and then tried to hike to Andorra, um, kind of not really know it because we didn't have smartphones, maps, yeah, yeah. anything like that. Computer. So I was kind of like, <laughs> just feeling very spontaneous at the time. So I was like, right, I'm going to try and hike to Andorra, another country. Yeah. Um, didn't get very far. I remember oh. there was some, <laughs> some barking dogs on the way that kind of sent me back to Perpignan. And I ended up trying <laughs> to find a last minute, last minute hotel there. Spent a bit too much money on say, rescuing myself. Well, it's funny to say that because I, I read somewhere the other day about in World War II when some uh, prisoners had to try and escape France into Spain because Spain was neutral and mm. the only way to get, get across was through is that, uh, I don't know, is it Pyrenees? Uh, yes. 
yeah, on the border, yeah, yeah, where Andorra is. And like they, you know, these soldiers struggled in that time. And then you got yourself, who's a general backpacker, think, yeah, that'd be a great idea, just go and nip up there and get to Andorra. Because <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a yeah. ambitious. I was looking uh, on my map where they're about <laughs> two centimeters away, and I thought, yeah, it's doable. <laughs> yeah, these guys are like suffering frostbite there. Adam Bantley's <laughs> trying to get across. Yeah, um, it was December as well. Not wise. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we tried to organise some trips before, and we. Um, I was going to yes. come to our Adriatic trip, um, but first, before that, um, we've been to two places I think in Europe together. That is Portugal and France. Um, one yeah. was a sporting event known as the Euros, and the other was celebrating our friendship groups that year. Um, what did you make of Lisbon? I actually would love to go back to Lisbon and maybe do bit more culture than we've seen. yeah yeah i mean yeah we, did, we doubled didn't we we doubled in the culture yeah, but, yeah we get to see yeah. a bit further further afield in this because it was a really nice city i mean it's it's very steep wasn't there? there's a lot of steep walking up hills and things yeah but um yeah a lot of trendy coffee shops some some sort of open markets where you get some interesting food mm. it's just a nice place to visit but did you right come by to, the... were you in the cap when we went to for a coffee in amongst those hills towards the uh, lookout point uh, yes, I think so, yeah. I was under a bit of pressure there because I said, oh, yeah, I've done some research on cast and to love coffee. Said, oh, okay, well, well, how many you leave away? I said, oh, okay, right. And I think I found on my list the Scandinavian-type coffee that's in the in those hills. Yep, remember that, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we're walking there and we actually went in and thought, oh, yeah, it's like an, almost like a cave-type environment where you sort of go down into the ground and there's this trendy coffee area and you've got seating and there's like, I don't know, marble, not yeah, marble, felt- but like concrete above you, like shaped as a cave. Yeah, nice, nice lighting in there. there. Felt, yeah. felt like they kind of dug it into the hill, didn't it? Yeah, that was that was a good one. That was yeah, good, yeah. a good choice for the end, haven't I? I can't remember where your your um where your intel came from on that, but you had some you had some good coffee I was take a credit. I'll take no. <laughs> I'll take credit for myself just doing uh, general research online, but I think maybe Emma yeah. might have pointed me the right way there. Um, oh, cheers, Emma. Yeah, yeah. So I will take a little bit of credit for that. <laughs> um, Paris again, trendy. I mean, we've done a few trendy yeah. coffees and croissants and some local streets. Um, great time that, wasn't it? Many, it many was lovely. Group there, full quota there, almost. That's brilliant. Yeah, I remember last night actually went to a very nice, typical sort of French, what would you call it? French restaurant. We have, you know, <laughs> wine and the works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we kind of went over, we travelled a bit, didn't we? We went to Marseille, yeah. um, trying to remember, Lille. Lille, yeah. And some different places. I mean, it was heavily football orientated. Heavily football orientated, yeah. And again, love to go back to Paris. I think it's the only time I've been to Paris. Yeah, it has. So I'd like to go back yeah. to Paris again just to do a bit of a big sea. And yeah. They're wandering about in central Paris, but Paris is so big. You probably spent a whole week there just like in one area. Yeah, it was. It's huge. That's right. I cycled there. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, we I cycled oh, yeah. and met you there because you all got the train. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to cycle from London. So that was a little two day event of my own. Yeah, kind of and I realised how big Paris was because the suburbs <laughs> went. I think it took me about two hours to cycle through the suburbs before I got to see you guys in the middle. Oh, yeah. Did, did you carry on after the Paris? You went to Liechtenstein, right? Was that afterwards or before? Uh, that was another trip. That was another that trip. Was Oct- okay. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, right. I wasn't going to yeah. mention Oktoberfest, it's not on my list, but um, <laughs> as we're there, um, we, yeah, we went to Oktoberfest. Um, we did. A bit of, of hostile life in, in Munich. And brilliant, heavy, absolutely heavily, brilliant experience. Heavily drinking based, but good experience that, wasn't it? Something to tick off the list, Oktoberfest. Anyone want to go, would highly recommend it. Highly recommend it, yeah, can't, can't recommend it highly enough because it was just a brilliant few days. 
I mean, yes, I mean, there was a lot of drinking. If you, you need to be into a bit of drinking culture, but I think yeah. the camaraderie of the whole event and, this, and the way it's revived is just absolutely brilliant. Some funny moments as well. Um, I'm actually going to save one of them for another podcast. I think uh, someone who probably witnessed me do something in, at Oktoberfest, um, from what I recall, was hysterically laughing. Um, I don't want to give it away, but for people who are listening, I'm going to get someone on podcast and maybe explain that moment so you can wait for that one. Um, so yeah, Europe's done. I think we talked enough about Europe and we were going to plan Adriatic Coast. We're going to go down to Croatia, a bit of Albania, Montenegro, Slovenia. Um, got, that got kind of cancelled really because of COVID. Devastated about that. Um, going to replan that for another time because that was, yeah, I've, I've kind of been on my list for a long time now. I've kind of been ticking them off now. Um, but yeah, we'd love, we'd love to get down to see the Adriatic. It's like beautiful from all the pictures. Yeah, we had, a car, we had a car booked, didn't we? And we were just going to go down different sites, different countries, and just potter down there, right? Oh, yeah. It's not like an unknown destination, is it? People people go no. there, but with the car, we would have had a bit of freedom, so we could have yes. gone off the beaten track a little bit and seen some interesting things. I think Bosnia was on the list. There's meant to be some oh, nice Bosnia. Cool, places yeah. inland there. Uh, Montenegro, yeah, don't really know much about it, so that would have been cool. I've been to Kosovo and Macedonia on a separate trip in there, oh, so yeah. I've seen a bit, bit of that world. Yeah, um, I've not been down there, so, again, yeah, love to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll get it booked in for another time, mate. Kobe got in the way this time, but next time. Yeah, interestingly. Yeah, I see how they fit in my next plans, but I'd love to get down there and carry on that trip next time. Next so, time. anyway, Europe, there's nothing Europe. We're all from there. We all know what it's about, right? Southeast Asia. So, uh, you went to Southeast Asia in what year? 2011. It was just a couple of months after the Europe interrailing. Oh wow! So I didn't. Know, oh, I didn't realise this. They actually done like almost back-to-back trips with a bit of Aviva cool. involved. Exactly, Aviva funded all of this. So thank you, Aviva. <laughs> Cheers, Aviva. We're dreams are made. <laughs> um, some would call it the graveyard ambition, but I don't want to offend anyone here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where Where did you go? Uh, I guess you went to Thailand. Um, yeah, yeah. Landed in. Um, I remember you were talking about when you landed in Thailand, and the way you described it is exactly as I remember it. Kind of, you get there and the smells and yeah. the heat and uh, just everything it's just such a different place and it was like just such a, a visceral experience when you land like land in bangkok and finding it and things. it's a classic culture shock isn't it when i when i first went there i've never been to anywhere near asia so all i've experienced up to that point was maybe it was australia which is obviously is not like uk but western country and a bit of europe so when i land in bangkok and it's like that smell the heat the noise the busyness yeah. of it i'm like wow, what is this? the traffic what is this yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Where did you stay in Bangkok? Do you remember? We were just off Kosan Road. Classic. Kind of like the main, classic, yeah. The yeah. main kind of tourist hotspot in Bangkok. And um, we spent a three or four days, I think, there. Had to yeah. deny about a thousand hustlers. Um, <laughs> yeah. We learned pretty quickly who'd say yes to, who'd say no to. But did you get scammed there, at there um, I think we did uh, almost... Uh, we ended up getting a quite heated argument with a tuk-tuk who we thought was just going to take somewhere and demanded so much more standard who desperately wanted to sell us a suit. <laughs> so it's a shame. It's a shame because, it's you know, yeah. there's so many, so many nice things about that place. But, yeah, there's the, that culture of wanting money from, from you. This is that. gets a bit tiring after a while. I mean, it does, we, got, yeah. we got scammed because I don't know if you went on the public boat in Bangkok. So when you go down to the river, it's got an orange flag on top of the boat and that's public. So anyone can go on there. It's like 10 baht, which is like, I don't know, 20p, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but where we were staying, I'm probably from Coast Road, that's a bit of a trek. So you probably really need to get um, 
get an early start and walk down there or get a tuk-tuk or I guess these days you probably get an Uber but um, we got a tuk-tuk said oh we want, we want to go down to the public boat he's like yeah 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 whatever so we jumped in agreed a price and you know you think oh 20 minutes oh, I swear it's only 10 minutes ride from here and he starts to get a feeling like I don't really recognize this part of town and then before mm. you know it he took us round the edge to a private bit of the river I said oh yeah I've got your private boat I'm like no 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 no, no. We, we want public boat <laughs> he's like no this is better I'm like I'm not down it is, but we want the public boat because we want to go to somewhere else. And then this, I don't know if you were the same, but when I went to Asia, I had no smartphone and no map. And me and my friend, Mike, who also went, he had a camera, but he had no smartphone or, or app or anything. So we had a heated exchange and we felt sorry for him because he took us all this way. So we gave him a little bit of money, but then he kept pestering us. We had to just walk off and he kept shouting at us as we walked away. But Mm. It's stressful. You don't know how quite know how they're going to react to you know being yeah. being turned down that kind of thing. So I yeah, I remember we were, I think our TikTok experience was going to a ping pong show, which you know, in hindsight, yeah. it wasn't the wasn't the best thing to um, get into a heated argument over. But um, yeah, it didn't didn't cause any any long term problems. So no, uh, two things here. Yeah, we just kind of just had no idea where we were, so we just walked off and tried to find the reclining Buddha. And somehow, after an hour's walk. I think we went to a shop and asked for some directions and we somehow got there. I don't even know how. Um, ping pong show, I've actually mentioned that in my last episode in Bangkok because I went and I felt it was really grim. Really grim. Um, and naively at the time, I had no idea what to, what to expect. Um, we won't go too much into that because I think you can probably look, check out my podcast in the episode before this because I do go into a little bit of depth about what to expect. Um, the only thing I remember that's actually quite funny from that night in the ping pong show is that I was horrendously boozed up, got a drink and sat on this table where people put their drinks on. And I kind of thought, oh yeah, I'll sit on that table. I'm quite, a, I'm quite a big lad, weigh quite a few kgs and then sat on it and it just flipped. And all the drinks went oh, no. absolutely everywhere and I was soaked. Um, I remember that being a bit of a bit of annoyance, but um, it's not, not the first time I've done that uh, in history. <laughs> Oh dear! No, yeah. I remember because I was—I was with. I didn't mention this, but I was with um, three friends when we went to Thailand. So, as opposed yeah. to Europe, I was on my own. I was with three friends in Thailand. So, um, I remember one of them took a ping pong away with them that had been popped from around the bar area, and they caught it. And they—I don't know if they've still got it as memorabilia now, but <laughs> I wouldn't have kept it personally. Thinking about where that had been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, grim. As I say, pretty grim. Um, let's move grim. on to ping pong show. So, yeah. uh, Thailand. Do you, where, where did you move on from there? Yeah, we went down to Ko Chang. I think we went for our, uh, our fourth, the three of us then, we went for our fourth mate. So we went down to Ko Chang briefly, had a couple of days there. Yeah. Um, sort of first time one of the Thailand islands. It's not yeah. the proper South, South Islands, but it's kind of just, just south of Bangkok. Yeah. Then we went back to Bangkok to see him. And then we went north to Chiang Mai and Pai. Oh, yeah. Did you enjoy Pai? I did. Pai was a very cool place. That was we... a proper traveller's stop off, isn't it? Yeah, but I've never actually, never actually been. Um... The first time, oh, right. Asia, first time it's Asia, we were, we were going to uh, kind of scooter there. And we're in Chiang Mai at a hostel, and we went and scooted out. And the day we planned to go, absolutely tipped it down like torrential right. rain. Yeah. We had, to, we had to suck it off and then we had to carry on with the trip. But then when I went with Emma uh, years, years later, we just didn't put it on our trip because of the time scale, really. We couldn't have time to go there. But yeah, so yeah. What, it's a pretty hippie ish type traveler place, right? Very hippie, laid back vibe. It's kind of yeah. I remember the, the bus ride, mini bus ride from Chiang Mai was was probably one of the most scary experiences of my life. We had a, a gung ho driver who just went for it. 
yeah, like, and it was a hilly route as well with some yeah. dirt roads going around the side of mountains and you're thinking oh, I hope this guy's done this before <laughs> yeah. I really hope he hasn't just passed his test oh, so, so, so that was sketchy but yeah, when we got there it was really chilled it's kind of like loads of backpackers there just, just really chilled vibes really nice is it like tea fields there or like plantations I'm making um, or rice fields should I say lots of fields around yeah yeah like, very like rolling green fields I mean right yeah like, my image of pine I think I've, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was quite flat. It okay. was quite flat. flat. There was okay. sort of no industry there, um, so to speak. So very agricultural. Yeah. Okay. And Chiang Mai, it's a cool place. Had Chiang Mai was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, went on some good treks. I remember going and walking up and seeing some waterfalls and some temples. I think there's some yeah. temples all along the trip. I think you, you've got to, haven't you? Temples, uh, waterfalls, yeah. I think back in the day, yeah. we even went to do an elephant trek, as in like... Elephant trek, yes, we did that as well. That was in Chiang Mai. Again, looking back, not one of the greatest moments. I think elephants aren't there to be sat on, but when you're no, young, you no. can't do Exactly. Yeah, no, they weren't looked after in the best way at all. No. I think they're in, you know, in the heat in a tiny little shelter um, on Leeds. And then we got yeah. there and we like paid our money. We two of us on an ele- elephant each. You know, yeah. They trotted along nicely, went down to the river, they were fed. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the the I probably wouldn't do it again based on the way they were treated. I wouldn't I wouldn't feed that kind of industry of any money next time but it's a lesson learned when you're young you just want to do it because you feel like one of the things you've got to do yeah yeah and we were exactly the same Uh, the only thing i enjoyed about the whole trip looking back where i can say now i enjoyed it was they let the elephant go off the leash and he sort of walked over to us where he gets washed and we just like got buckets of water splashing on the elephant like wiping him down and he just seemed like you know his little trunk was going up and down kind of happy in that moment but then yeah as soon as that was finished he was going back to his little stable i guess or a little Place where he stays and sleeps. So that's it. It's after the tourist is gone, isn't it? That's what you worry about. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So you cracked on from there to. Did you go to Laos from there? Cracked on to there to the Laos. Yeah, uh, went down the Vang Vieng River. Um, got a boat. Tubing. Went down into. Oh, Vang. What was the river that runs through it? I don't know what's called, uh, but did you go to tubing like down the river? Right. So we that... did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we started off in Luang Prabang. Sorry, which is like Luang Prabang, Luang Prabang, and then yeah. went up to Vang Vieng after that. Yes. Oh, the. The Mekong. Make Mekong Delta, yeah, yeah, of course. Mekong, yeah. yeah. Went, yeah. went along the Mekong, so on a kind of like day-long boat ride up through Laos. Yeah. Stopped in Van Vien. Yeah. Some tubing. Did you come closer there? Yes. <laughs> Everyone I've heard about who done this um, has nearly died. When I went in 2013, it was it stopped because too many people were dying. Um, I can't believe it. I remember there's loads of because it's like a river, right? You get you get a tube, like a yeah. classic rubber ring, you get on the lazy river at water park. And you kind of just get it at the start of the river, um, just kind of float down in these bars on these right, right and left as you go down. But then there's all these kind of sli- massive slides and rope swings and things all down the river. I remember there's one, you kind of climb up the ladder to the top, it's like a diving board height and a big rope swing. And then there's just a picture just next to just next to the rope, and it just had safe area to land in rocks. And it's like half and That's half. It. So basically, yeah. if you let go at the wrong time, you're landing on rocks. But yeah. you know, they're just. That picture was enough for them. They were like, yeah, they, they get it. <laughs> covered health and safety there as well. Just to, covered health and safety. Yeah, yeah, we're happy. All, all bases there, right? Leave these, leave these booze tubers uh, to do the rest, work out the rest. God, that's a crazy system. When, when I was there, the, the rumour was that um, some Australian minister's daughter killed herself doing that. So she jumped, she jumped into the rocks. I think she yeah. missed the, the, the safe area, she put it in quotations there. But um, yeah. and she died. I think um, people had enough. And so when I went, it wasn't impossible. But anyway, I would, I would not have done it anyway because I hate water. So I can't swim that well. Right. So um, I think 
swimming in a rubber ding boozed up. I think I'll give that a miss from my yeah. Personal I remember that. Our friend Tom Osborne was the same, wasn't he? He went. Um, I don't think he got past the first bar. He was enjoying. <laughs> he was enjoying himself so much. I don't think yeah. he ever went on the rubber ring at all. Of course. Why would you move on? Just Why would you? Right? Yeah, yeah. Very sensible. So, from Laos, did you crack on to Cambodia? Vietnam next. Vietnam yeah, next. Went to North, yeah. North Vietnam, Hanoi. Hanoi. Um, yeah. Yeah. Heilong Bay. Classic. A little castaway trip. Um, yeah, we've done that. Yeah, yeah. Is that when you go on yeah. a boat to a different island and just stay there for a few nights? That yeah, that's right. Yeah, unbelievable <laughs> place. Like proper castaway. I like it. It's so nice. Palm trees, you know. Absolutely. All that. Party central. Party um, central as well. Yeah. I don't booze. think it took, took it in enough because it's all very orientated around boozy time when you're younger. Um, so, yeah, it'd probably do it slightly differently. But I remember doing some kayak, a little kayak tour around yeah. Heilong Bay. And mm-hmm. you've got these giant needle rocks, haven't you? And you just yeah. kind of go in and out of them through the caves. That was epic. Yeah, we have been there twice, uh, done that castaway tour the first time. And then the second time, stayed on a boat, like a bit of a trendier boat um, instead of an island. Because on the island, it was just that group of, I don't know, maybe 20 people I was in, uh, same for you. But we had a group of five or six that were traveling around with at the time anyway. And just it's just booze, playing beer spree on the beach, which is <laughs> two poles with a beer on top of it. And you get frisbee and try and knock it off. Um, if you knock someone's off, they have to down that drink before it hits the sand. They have to try and catch it. Um, all that sort of stuff. I've done a bit all of the classics. Wakeboarding is it wakeboarding? Yes, um, yeah. Absolutely terrified doing that, but kind of got <laughs> peer pressure into doing it. Um, and I absolutely suck. There's that one guy, classic one guy from Canada. I remember he was on the back of the boat doing like flips and tricks and shit. So he was, um, yeah. he was in his element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was loving it. So I guess you traveled down Vietnam. I did. Uh, yeah. You stop off. You go to, you must have went to Hoi An and Maybe we did. Yeah, Hoi An had a pair of trainers made for me because it's a massive like suit making industry, isn't it? Like, yeah, got suit there. textiles and things. So got you got there. suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I had a nice pair of custom trainers made in Hoi An. Um, yeah. It's quite, it's quite upmarket, wasn't it, Hoi An? From what I remember. Yeah, some nice trendy, trendy calves. Trendy calves. Yeah. Um, small buildings by the river or by the coast. Yeah. And it's um, when I went there first time, great. Second time, full of hordes of tourists like way more than i remember it's definitely on the trail isn't it like yes if i did vietnam again we very much because we were trying to stick into the main spots where we knew there's hostels we knew there's some kind of infrastructure for tourists we didn't go off yeah. the beaten track much but we were kind of toying with the idea against scooters and going off you know because we'd seen i think top gear had done their vietnam special yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. fairly recently and that was pretty epic and inspired us a little bit so they had a lot of top gear tours going but we didn't go for that that's fair enough. But like we, we stayed in a hostel called the Sunflower Hostel, another party hostel, and uh, three guys in that top gear tour on their bikes. And this guy, yeah. for some reason, I, don't, I still don't know why, out of three, took way too much Valium. And the next day, he was supposed to be leading this trio um, <laughs> through the roads, and he could barely stand up. He was like all over the place. And this, I said to this guy, I said, is he leading your group? He goes, yeah, well, I'm not too confident about it. I was like, yeah, bloody hell, you need to let him sleep. Like, he's, he's, he's popped like tiny Valium there. You need to just, like, look after him a little bit. But yeah, two days. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he took loads. Maybe it was jet lagged or uh, yeah, high hostel. You don't get much sleep. Maybe he just got a bit fed up. But so it's quite popular on the uh, on the auto, uh, in Southeast Asia. Wasn't it Valium that was fairly ubiquitous. I mean, I never personally took any because no. I think people take it to get through long bus rides. Basically, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of bus bus rides to get through. So and bumpy where there's beds where you expect to sleep. There's not really much hope of that happening. So yeah, a lot of people popping Valium just to get themselves through it. 
But yeah, I remember being quite ubiquitous there, so I'm not surprised you were. <laughs> yeah. I'm still but... In that hostel, we're sick of my sleep after a night out, too much booze. But that's, another, that's another time where <laughs> when they give you a $5 cup and the only yeah. rule is just look after the cup. Oh, right. So what? We can just go back to the bar after drinking the cup of whatever you've got. Yeah. How many times? Unlimited. Okay. I have a vodka and Red Bull and I kept doing that all night. Just yeah. one after the other. And by the time it catches up to you, you don't know where you, don't know where you are. Actually, you don't know um, where you are. Not my, one of my finest moments in a hostel. I probably will come to another podcast, but I remember breaking into the kitchen because I was hungry. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to give myself a bit of a bad reputation here, but when you boost up, <laughs> And you just need a bit of food. I mean, this is a bit grim, really, but um, I was like, so, I mean, there's nowhere to get food around the hostel. So I didn't break in. The, the door was open. So I sort of like, hello. Yeah. And there's a bit of food there from maybe the day before. So I had that. Do a bit of scavenging. See yeah, if there's yeah, beans, yeah. beans in the cupboard. It's all about survival. It's all about in survival. The, in those moments. What would you have uh, done if you saw a tin of Heinz baked beans in the cupboard? Would have got a pan out and started cooking them. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, no tin opener. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be a bit of a mare, wouldn't it? That's true, it would have been a mare. Must have been nice. Right. Get, get around it. Get yeah, around yeah, there's always a way around it. But yeah. <laughs> Did you ever try the um any milkshakes out there? <laughs> no. In Laos. Did you no. not? No. I had a bit of an experience on one of those in uh, Laos. I think it was Bang Vieng it was. Was it a happy milkshake? Uh, a guy, it was a happy milkshake, yeah. Mm. Um, It was the barman's special happy milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Me and my friend took it. We'd never done anything like that before. So we were like, yeah, we've got it. We were persuaded into it. We'd had a good day. We were kind of in high spirits. So we were like, yes, do it. Um, me and my friend Phil, um, we, he had one. I had one at the same time. In, within 10 minutes, he was gone. Like, there was a couple playing pool. And he was just laughing hysterically every time they hit the ball. And I was like, what on earth is going on? Um, it hit me about an hour later, I think. I was just... I think it just it hit me in a different way. I think I just ended up staring at the wall and just seeing seeing all the colours and patterns on the wall. Just literally staring at it. I was completely useless on the night out when the people were trying to talk to me. I was offering nothing because I was just gone. That was a very strange experience. I wish I had the hysterical reaction. But Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can relate to, it wasn't Southeast Asia at that point. Um, I don't know that because I wasn't really interested in any of that. No. Um, but I did have a um, strawberry milkshake in... Um, India in Varanasi and they called it a bung milkshake so bung is a type of marijuana right. and I'm a bit like you I had it I smack, I've got a medium so mm. you know, for someone who never does it it's probably a bit too much I had mm. no idea ordered it smashed it in and yeah it didn't hit till two hours later but I went through all the phases and for some reason that night in India sort of sidetracking a little bit here we went to this restaurant up in a tree and I was like okay so at the time yeah great like, you get a good view of the city it's up a tree, this restaurant, like this huge tree is like built up the tree. It's got an elevator through the middle of it. But at the time when it started to That's hit. Incredible. Incredible. But when the monkeys are around you, you are paranoid <laughs> AF. And I was starting yeah. to freak out. And then I, I switched to the hysterical mode because my friend kept looking at me and his eyes just, just got me every time. And I was just hysterically <laughs> laughing. And then the food was delayed for like an hour. We got like pizza or something, like a normal pizza. And then I went into sick mode, so I had to detrude the um, the restaurant as quickly as possible when my friends had to get me home. I think I was in bed by 7pm. So that's the only thing I can relate to. An experience and a story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon some people listening to that will have no idea that I've done that. But anyway, let's carry on. Um, I've, I'm not keeping track of time here, so we'll crack on a little bit more. So yeah. 
anything else in Southeast Asia? Did you go to um, Malaysia? Uh, yes, we went. We went down through Cambodia. Went to see Phnom Penh. Um, yeah. yeah, we had. To, it was New Year at the time, so um, one of the tuk-tuk drivers he took us around Angkor Wat. Yeah. Um, was yeah took us in for it, uh, on New Year's and took us home for like a little a little feast with him. Um, so that was that was a bit of an experience. Killing fields, you go there. We did go to Killing Fields, yeah. Grim. Very harrowing. Grim. I mean, yeah. that pack around Southeast Asia is a laugh a minute for most of the, probably 95% of the time. Yeah. In that 5% where it's not, it's probably the Killing Fields, and I probably would recommend you people to go there, but expect to be a bit um, a bit down after that. Didn't like yeah, the uh, yeah. appreciation from a tuk-tuk driver after we saw that, that he said, oh, do you want to go shooting a cow? Nah, mate, we're just going to go home and just have a cup of tea and probably just get a bit of a nap. Um, I don't, yeah. really, I don't want to shoot any chickens or cows at that point. So, yeah, yeah that was an interesting yeah. to ride after that. Yeah, it I think I was Cambodia. We shot an AK forty-seven. Actually, I remember on the menu of things you could shoot for hundred yes, pounds, you could fire it. Was it a hundred or maybe two hundred pounds? You could fire a rocket launcher or something like that. We yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> High end. That's, yeah. that's out of that out of our budget, but <laughs> <laughs> it was tempting. Where else can you do that? I mean, exactly. Exactly. I mean, think how cheap that is. What would that be here? Oh, you wouldn't be able to do it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, 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 don't, I don't want to shoot animals um, 100%, but I will just shoot a gun. I mean, if it's just going into a field somewhere, rock and yeah. hit me up. I want to, I want to feel that, you know, I want to see what it feels like. Feels exactly. Yeah, yeah. You'll never get that. But because he offered it after the killing fields, where it's about the Khmer Rouge sort of like killing babies against trees, I don't really want to go and shoot anything else. So, um, no, yeah, that was good. a interesting uh, marketing te- technique that because I thought before without knowing what yeah. it really were you might have got some business there but not afterwards I um, told him that you need to yeah. learn from that yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah. yeah I'm sure he's done <laughs> um, yeah, so we, went, we went to Chinookville down south afterwards oh, yeah. um, and then round yeah down to South Islands after that we did the full moon party of course yeah um, yeah we did oh, I'm trying to remember Songkram I think it is the Thailand Thailand New Year we had that in Bangkok as well it was a big oh, water wow. party like a massive water fight in the centre of Bangkok like yeah. Toh Road all those roads around there just, everyone just with water, water pistols water balloons thrown at each other flour being thrown awesome. at each other mm-hmm. that was brilliant um, yeah after that South Island's classic um, very just very booze orientated I mean we did do we, I got my scuba diving licence there unbelievable like um, yeah. coral reefs that was Kotal, yeah. Yeah, lovely so little Kotal. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, beautiful island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some tragic things have happened there since, but... Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre, because it just seemed so serene when we went there. We kind of did our five-day scuba diving course, then we got sucked into doing the advanced one, because it was so cheap. Cheapest place in the world to do it. So, like, yeah. I mean, that was an unbelievable experience. So we did some night night diving um, and some other different things, scuba diving. So that was really cool. Haven't used my license since, which I regret. So that's on my bucket list to do. Oh, yeah. Plenty places in the world to do that. If you've got your yeah. license, just go and uh, do some diving in Belize or somewhere. It'd be great. Oh, I'd I love to go, mate. I remember a hotel that my friend wants to do diving, like you did, five-day course, and then it didn't yeah. get advanced. But, you know, for me, I'm scared of water, so I just laid on the beach for, for seven days. That's fair enough. There's some, something for everybody. Be on the beach, um, churn out, music on. Got horrendously burnt in the in the sea, where to the point you can peel the skin off, so that's a bit grim. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you're in the sea, you kind of think, oh, it's not to get to, is it? And just in the water, it's fine. Um, again, another basic hammer moment, I'd say there. Um, I've got a horrendous infection on my foot from uh, oh. from the flipper coming on and off the foot every day from doing the scuba diving. 
I just yeah, I on the top of my that. shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was troubling me because I went down through Malaysia and Singapore after that. But I just remember having this hideous like I had to wear flip flops or like scuppered shoes on. I was just oh. yeah. That kind of that kind of scuppered the end of the tour, but it's still pretty cool. Like, um, where do we go? Kuala Lumpur. So, um, yeah, KL. Yep. Trying to remember what's the what's the tower called now? Um, Petronas. Petronas. Yeah, yeah Petronas. Yeah, yeah. So went went to Petronas. Yeah, classic. And then went down to Langkawi. No, up to Langkawi. That's off that side, isn't it? Yeah, Langkawi is across the border there. Um, but now there's like two sets of islands. You got you got Tiamen Island, which we went to. Tiamen. Yeah, that's one. Oh yeah, lovely little island that. Very, very relaxed. Yeah, brilliant. So the big, biggest lizard I've ever seen in team and just wandering down yeah. the beach. It's brilliant. Saw, saw some lizards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good chill out island that. That's a good, good call from us that. Because we want to go somewhere not too partyish. And that definitely yes. is not. It's very chilled. Yeah, totally. And did you go to Singapore? We did, yeah. Finish it off in Singapore. My mates went off. They had a bigger budget than me. Um, so they all went off to Australia, New Zealand, America. Course, massive regret not going with them, but I just didn't have the money to do it. So, my yeah. trip ended in Singapore. Um, Singapore, yeah. I mean, great place, like completely but... different to the rest of the trip. I mean, it was, yeah. it was like back to the it felt like back to the Western world. I mean, it's such a well run, clean city. Yeah, I kind of find as you go down from Bangkok to Singapore, it gets cleaner, so like, uh, yeah, and more westernized. So, I find KL is a mix between the two Bangkok yeah. and Singapore, you've got bits and pieces in there. But Singapore is just so clean, so organised, and so expensive. When you go from like paying mm. one pound for a meal in most of Southeast Asia to then back to Western prices, it's a bit of a hit, right? Um, yeah. Instead of three meals a day, you're down to two. Um, so, yeah, Singapore, love the place, but you can't, unless you've got a big budget, you can't spend too long there, right? You can't, no, no. Uh, yeah, we were, we were at the end of our budgets, and they were saving for Australia, so I think we, were, we kind of took it easy there. We yeah. just had a... Yeah, didn't, didn't pay for anything major. I had a few hikes around the city, that kind of thing. And that was, that was the end of the trip. Cool setting. Got to yeah. say, I don't know if I told you before, but in Ho Chi Minh, we didn't talk about Ho Chi Minh, but I was there. Oh, yeah, of course, an, yeah, Ho Chi Minh. Great. An extra in a in a Lipton green tea. Yes. Russian, Russian commercial. We were hired by some New Zealand lady who was down the strip while we were drinking in the bar. And she was like, yeah, any, any Westerners around? Anyone, anyone, any Westerners? <laughs> Try, it's in the morning. Turn up here at nine o'clock in the morning. It's kind of thirty-two degrees heat. So we show up, hot, yeah, bit, bit hungover. Yeah, uh, we're given these suits straight away. So we have to put these suits on. Bear in mind, we've just been wearing shorts and vests for like the last two months. <laughs> suits on, thirty-two yeah. degree heat. Sat around, um, and this is basically the the brief was was a Russian model working through. It was like the big tower block area, like the business end of Ho Chi Minh. Uh, it's Russian model walking through the middle. Um, and we just had to just be businessmen just walking around outside. <laughs> and we got paid $20 for the privilege, I think, for of a day's work. So you what, as travellers, <laughs> we were we were loving it. That's 20, that's 20 meals, that's unreal. Yeah, exactly, and, and some. <laughs> yeah, um, Ho Chi Minh, yeah, we've not even mentioned it, but yeah, I saw, um, I saw Ho Chi Minh, the, the leader, when I was there. Did you oh, go and see him? I think we did, yeah. Yeah, we popped in. When he, he sort of laying there, had a bit of a, bit of a rest. Um, yeah. my, my experience was so people yeah, I'm not taking piss here but um, Ho Chi Minh died many years ago and they've actually preserved his body so you can actually go and see him yes. in certain parts of the year and it, I think he gets shipped off to Russia um, for a bit of maintenance every year but when we were there this is with Emma this time so this is like a couple of years ago we stand in the queue and these Vietnamese um, military guys they're in white and you do not mess around with these guys like they tell you how to stand, how to look as you walk through. 
like you have to like put your hands by your sides, not in your pockets. It's really, really strict. But yeah, you can just walk around, have a little look at the geezer, then then wander off. But bizarre. no, I do remember that. I've completely forgotten that until you mentioned it. Yeah. But yeah, we did do that. It's bizarre, right? Yes. Very strange. But something you wouldn't have seen unless you uh, unless you go. And you can't take photos, so it's one of those brilliant no. things you can go and see and, and, and drink it in when you're there. Just drink it in, yeah. Say that, put that in memory bank. Yeah, so we'll finish on Asia on that. I think it's a good one to finish on, uh, Asia. Yeah. Um, Going to slightly wrap things up here. So you've been to Vancouver last year? Came to Yeah, absolutely me, loved so. it. Canada's been on my, been on my bucket list for forever. That was Norway. I did Norway the year before. They went to Canada. Epic, loved it. Yeah, it was uh, 2019, wasn't 2019? it? 2019. Oh, I think it was last year. Grim. Um, 2019, yeah, it came. We'd done the, a few things around Vancouver, and then we went to the US, uh, West Coast, Portland, San Fran. Um, what was your highlights on that, that trip? What were you saying? My highlight was actually climbing the Chief because that's like, the Chief. So bloody hard. It was bloody hard. It was a full oh. day effort, wasn't it? Up the top, though. What views? Unbelievable. Bambi's an athlete, so I want I want to do one peak, but it's three peaks you can do. So we got the first one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, just going to do the second one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's, let's go. And I was absolutely hanging. But unbelievable views. It's one of the biggest. Oh God, I don't want to get it wrong here. It's the granite rocks in the world. I think it was, yeah, yeah not just so, a single piece of granite work. Yeah, so it's just by Squamish in, in BC, so it's about an hour north of Vancouver. Um, well worth a visit and worth a climb, definitely. And where is it you're taking me next time I go? You've sent me lots of pictures of this place. You went there in last summer, I think. Yeah, so we're going to go to Moraine and Louise Lake in, yes. in, in Banff and the surrounding areas. Yeah, because we went to Whistler, didn't we? So that was a little, uh, little taster of the Canadian mountainous Whistler scenery. Con- Controversial here, don't like it. Beautiful, though. Like the blue yeah, water, yeah, yeah. huge mountains. But yeah, I know what you mean, like the actual town itself. Yeah, um, that's my controversial statement for the day. But yeah, next time is the Rockies. So whenever COVID um, sorts itself out, we'll be there. Yes. Uh, turquoise water, um, great hikes, uh, great days out. Yeah, it's top notch. Yeah, San Fran highlight, jazz bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's trendy, isn't it? That's back- that was very trendy. That was how we ended the trip, wasn't it? Last night in the jazz bar. Got back for a second show, didn't we? Got invited back in. We did, yeah. Yeah, special guest for the second show. What was the geezer's name? Bobby? Oh, Test oh, me now. What's his name? I remember that. I want to say Bobby Franks, but I might be wrong. Um, I anyway, the geezer just, just sitting at the bar and we thought, oh, it's just, he was just drinking at the bar, just chatting to the barman all night and then kind of kept seeing him. He's, like, he's not even looking at the show. And then he turns around with a trumpet and then joins in for like the last <laughs> yeah. half an hour, doesn't he? He's he unbelievable. Right, yeah. he's just, that's probably what Jazz is about, isn't it? I mean... Two things. Unbelievable that he, yeah, he just turned up, played a bit of trumpet well, saxophone while yeah. he was doing, and then that was it. And this Bobby guy, I swear his name is Bobby, I don't know what his last name is, um, was an absolute beast on the organ slash piano. Bobby. Unbelievable vibe. And secondly from that, um, it's in the area of Tenderloin in San Fran. I mean, if you know your US cities, there's places to avoid because of homelessness and maybe a bit of crime. Uh, that is one of those areas, but we had to trek through the middle of it to get to that jazz club. But trendy all the same. Once you get in there. It was. Loved it. Great swings. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to finish with future plans and then we'll wrap up. So places on your hit list? Uh, right. Bucket list, New Zealand. Um, yeah. We talked about this the other day, weren't we? I was thinking South America. I've always wanted to go to South America. So Chile, yeah. Argentina. Um, and then I suppose the Adriatic still got to be on that list, doesn't it? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably, probably top three. Okay, I'm going to ask some quick fire favourite things here. Um, no thinking, you answer straight away. Right, favourite beach? 
Chinookville. Oh, really? Cambodia. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah, loved it. Off, uh, slightly off the beaten track. track. Okay, Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like the waters behind you in the picture. Like they're proper <laughs> see-through. Um, it's just quiet. Yeah, lovely. So I'll tell you what, great, great little plug there because my favourite beach is the one behind me and that's in Achitaki in the Cook Islands. Ah. Um, favourite coffee or maybe, can I rephrase, favourite calf or coffee that you've been to? First thing, is that off the top of my head, the first thing that came to my mind was when we were in Kosovo, um, yeah. lots of the bars advertised Kosovo coffee as being the second best in the world behind Italy. So I'm going to say Kosovo. Oh, whoa, it's what a claim decent that brew. Is. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> big claim. Big claim. I've been to Colombia, so I can't compare, but. Not Ethiopia, the birthplace of coffee, not no. Colombia, not Brazil, not Guatemala or Nicaragua, but. but the marketing campaign has started. Kosovo coffee will be uh, there Okay, I'm on that. Okay. Uh, Favourite city? Oslo comes to mind, actually. Oslo. Lovely. Yeah. Norway. yeah. Very expensive, but lovely place to visit. I want to go back to Norway. Fair. Okay. Favourite track? Oh, The Chief. Oh, love that. Chief, Classic. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Right. Um, actually, me and, me and um, our friends... Titch went on a little trek last year, which I've thoroughly enjoyed, is the Three Peaks in the UK. Oh, so yeah. you don't always need to go travelling for a quality experience. But ben Nevis, Scarfeld Peak, that was a bit touristy, and Snowden, early morning, that was a trip. Um, underrated, those three, underrated. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, okay, favourite party place? Probably Copanyang. Oh, uh, really? as, party, as parties go. Well class, isn't it? <laughs> it was up World there. Class. It was up there, yeah. Okay, favourite landmark? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Nothing's coming immediately to my mind. Okay, we can move on. Favourite yeah. cuisine or food? I said Anfield for the last one. Um, sorry, what was that? <laughs> Favourite cuisine or food? Cuisine or food. The street food in Thailand. So I remember it was yeah. 50p. That was the first eye-opener. And then, yeah, just, just yeah. unbelievably tasty. So cheap. Yeah, delicious. Fresh. Love that. Uh, your favourite activity, so like for mine, as an example, is skydiving in Taupo, New Zealand. <laughs> question again um let's say because i haven't thought about it a while and we talked about it today scuba diving oh yeah enjoyed that yeah yeah, yeah. Love, a lot of people love that so yeah yeah okay um based it's a world all... under there yeah well yeah we don't know anything about it that's the problem <laughs> <True>. <laughs> if, Sorry, you were, if you were to pick any country that you traveled um but you're going you're to live there where would it, where would it be um I might wait for your full uh, answer on this, but it might be for your, you know, full rundown of your experience with possibly Canada. Really? Kind of Canada's up there or Norway again. <laughs> yeah, you've got a theme there of like mountains and yeah. hiking and, and lakes. Yeah, and New, New Zealand's up there. Yeah. Mine's actually Australia. I don't care saying that. Australia? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's up there. Yeah. Um, last two. Uh, favorite lake. <laughs> Bit random one. But you're a lake guy. So, favorite lake. Loch Lomond. Oh, yeah. Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might change when you go to, uh, go to the Rockies. But we'll, well, when you see Lake Moraine or Lake Louise, I think it might change oh. your mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Loch Lomond's in a holding position until I visit that lake that you yeah. showed me. That, that, that place is unreal. And the last question is yes. um, which country is probably your best value for money where you think, do you know what? Just having the time of our lives, the dollar or the pound is going far, and I would recommend it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, all of Southeast Asia had perks, to be honest. It's probably going to be between, oh, 
Thailand probably have most about it, but I'd probably go for Lao, actually. I enjoy Lao. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. I've actually one thing that's come to mind that I um, have not actually asked or talked about, and it's bus rides. Mm. Did you do the bus ride from Lao to Hanoi? Lao to Hanoi. Uh, we did. did. Yeah, no, 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 I did a flight oh, twin propeller. Did. Yeah, I did. All my friends who were trying to save money for Australia went on the went on the twenty four hour bus. Yeah, and I had a, li- a, li- a few few pennies spare, so I um took the flights just to skip that ordeal. I've done, I've done that. <laughs> I know you did it, didn't you? Twice. Yeah, and thirty eight hours the first one. Absolutely. Wow. Um, <laughs> Wow. Lao, Lao has a curfew, so we arrived at midnight and uh, we didn't book any accommodation. So we had to run around town trying to avoid the police, trying to find somewhere to stay. And this, this little guy just popped around the corner from this door saying, come in, come in, come in. Like, okay, okay, okay. He goes, you, you four can stay here, $50 for the night, one one room, two beds. Well, okay, we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, he goes, yeah. and I've got a bit of bread in the fridge. Yeah, we're in. Gets in. Okay. What guy? What um, guy? <laughs> So he saved our night there because that 30, 38 hour bus ride, absolutely grim. And then to finish on that, we actually were going from uh, Vientiane, the capital, up to Luantabang. And that's only a 45 minute flight, but it's like a 12 hour mm. bus ride. And it's like half the price, maybe a third of the price. But we've done research on it and it's windy roads because they haven't built the road yet, like properly. Yeah. They're, they're building yeah. a new one. And Emma gets a bit travel sick, and I thought, do we resist? And this is one of those times, you probably don't want to trip. No, we're getting a flight. We're not getting a bus. Mm-hmm. And um, brilliant decision. I think we did that. I think we did that ride. Uh, yeah, that's what I was talking about, the dirt road through the middle. It might be built now, but yeah, that was a, a bumpy one. Yeah, so I'm going to finish off on that. I'm going to finish with a quote, actually. I'm going to see if you agree with this quote. It's from Richard Burton, or Sir Richard Burton. Who says the gladdest moment in human life, methinks, is a departure into unknown lands. So I'll let people fester on that because, as I mentioned a lot in the first podcast, I think a lot of people go to countries where it's in their comfort zone. Um, let's say you go to Paris. I mean, it's really like, a bit like London, isn't it? It's a different language. It's got its own things, don't get me wrong. But it's not like going to Laos and trying to do a bit of tubing, for example, or in the depths of India where you can't, you know, there's no like sitting, sitting down toilets, for example. So, um, I think I'll let people ponder on that and, sit and think, well, do you know what? Next holiday, I'm not going to go to Lake Como. I'm going to go to Hoi An. I don't know, yeah. somewhere completely different. No, I, I will just say, um, I just before we go, um, my, my, a good travelling friend of mine um, who I used to work with said that he wants to go to more countries than his age. And I've held that as like a motive in my head oh, yeah. since he said that. So um, I've been, to, I've did a bit of totting up before this. There have been to 34 yeah. countries. I'm now 30. I had a bit of a cushion. I'm now 32. So I'm a pro- my age is approaching my country number. So I need to hope COVID ends so we can get out traveling again soon. You'll probably just like get away with it when COVID finishes. But you, you're close. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Um, what was that quote again, Hamo? Can you read it again? So I enjoyed that. The gladdest moment in human life, me thinks, is a departure into unknown lands. Love it. Yeah. It's inspirational, right? It is. Um, yeah, it's a good, good, good attitude to have more countries than your age. I mean, let's hope you don't live to 80 because you've got a bit of a, bit of a move on to go to, but... Um, Rack them up young. Yeah. Got to get them up young because someone hit 40, you're knackered, right? Um, but Bambi's an athlete, so he'll be going forever. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, I want to say uh, thanks for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. It's been a good chat. Thank you. Hopefully people can um, take something from it, from our experiences. I hope so. And we'll get booking that future trip very soon. Adriatic Coast, it's on the list. Most definitely. Right. Thanks, Bambi, and I'll catch you later. See you, everyone. Cheers, buddy. Bye.